there, literary fans, and welcome to episode 43 of Jeff Reads His Book. I am your host, Jeff, and today we're reading chapter 21 of Offworlder, a book I wrote in a month. So if you want to write into the podcast, you can head on over to jeffreadshisbook.com, and right there, there's uh, three ways to contact me, email, Twitter, Mastodon, we'll go through them at the end. And while you're there, why not consider buying a copy of this terrible book? Ooh, you know what? Uh, I don't know that I've pointed it out, but if you purchase a paper copy of Offworlder, it has on the back material, what do they call that? The the, uh, back material, I guess. (laughs) It does end with Offworlder is the exciting prequel to Bringing Balance, the epic adventure featured on the Jeff Reads His Book podcast. (laughs) I love that it has it on there. (laughs) So stupid, yes. Well, what a fun day we have ahead. Uh, Today, we don't have any feedback, which is a bit of a bummer, but, uh, you know, we'll get through this. It was a weird week for everybody. Uh, Here in America, it's Thanksgiving, the United States of America. It was Thanksgiving this week. Uh, so that, you know, gums up everybody's lives a little bit. So I didn't expect too much feedback. Um, I really do, uh, I have to say congratulations to anybody doing National Novel Writing Month, though. Uh, I'm recording this on December 1st, so that means November is over. So you will have either finished your book or come to a disappointing conclusion to the month. But, you know, or both, because, uh, yeah, that's how these books roll. <laughs> a little disappointing. But anyway, um, I hope people did finish their book. If you did, write into the show. I'd love to hear what you wrote. And uh, you guys should start your own podcast. Uh, I'm obviously not going to read your book, because I'm reading my book on Jeff Reed's his book. Yes. So, yeah, I know, uh, I don't think I could have done it this year. I just feel like... I didn't have any ideas. I was not feeling like, uh, what do I want to say, creative in the slightest. So maybe next year we'll squeeze one in. I hope so. Because I feel like I might not have enough material to keep this podcast going much longer. I mean, well, you know, some listeners might think that's a good thing, though. (laughs) I suppose I could arbitrarily write a book instead of waiting till November. But, eh, I don't know. There's something they do in the middle of the summer, too, that I don't know what that is. Uh, Camp NaNoWriMo? I think you only have to write, like, 10,000 words, which is what? Uh, like a short? Is that? It's not a novel. I don't know what you call that, but I could do that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, it would end up being, like, 40 pages or something like that. Yeah, that'd be fun. I don't know. Who cares? Anyway, today we are going to read Chapter 21. And I have to get through this quick. It is 11 pages long, and uh, the lovely Laura is out helping cats right now. So I need to finish this chapter before she gets home, because we're going to go to a winery for, quote, Christmas shopping. I mean, I'm planning on buying myself a bottle of wine to take home. But more importantly, I'm going to drink a bottle of wine while I'm there, right? Who doesn't want to do that? It's this, uh, it's called Firelands Winery. It's out by Sandusky, Ohio. So it's like 50 minutes from our house. But unlike most Ohio wineries, or let me 
rephrase that. A lot of Ohio wineries near us, uh, they actually use real grapes, you know, wine grapes. Because, uh, I mean, if you're not from Ohio, a lot of wine here is made with Concord grapes, you know, the stuff in jelly. So we're going to take a trip out there. So I got to really work through this. And here I am babbling instead of actually reading the chapter quickly. So as I said, 11 pages. That's kind of a long one for this book, actually. Um, I have a couple notes here. Finally, we're going to see some action. That is exciting. So we're going to see some magic. I feel like there was some magic at the beginning of the book. And then it really died off for like the last like eight chapters. It's just been a snore. So we're going to see some now. I'm feeling a little better about that. I also have a note, though, um, this plot is really poorly thought out. And you're going to see when they're in the, quote, exciting parts of this. Uh, I just did air quotes for the live studio audience. Um, yeah, it's not, I don't know. It's like I didn't think about this at all. And I didn't. So that explains that, I suppose. <laughs> well, anyway, I don't want to give too many spoilers away. So without further ado, let's dive in to chapter 21. So for today's episode, I am sipping on a very delicious and rare for me glass of Buffalo Trace, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Yes, and I'm drinking it neat because this stuff is too fancy. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm. That is good. Mm. You guys got to get some. It's very hard to get in Ohio lately. It doesn't seem so hard in other places in the world, so... I remember I went to uh, Canada for a conference, and I went to the liquor store there because uh, I probably have a drinking problem. But regardless, they had so much Buffalo Trace, and I actually thought about buying a bottle. I'm like, oh, I could have it tonight because I was there for like three nights. That would have been a really stupid idea, though, going through a whole bottle of whiskey that fast. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I should have. I drank wine instead in my room, so that was really nice. Canadian wine, spectacular. All right. So, yeah, if you can get yourself Buffalo Trace, give it a shot. It's my personal favorite. Oh, it's so tasty. Mm. And I didn't really make it much of a home pour, so we might need a refill as we read. Okay, here we go. Margot woke up alone the next morning in her tiny room feeling sore and unrefreshed. Although the living arrangements looked improved over a barn. Remember, they're in like a barn with a magical dormitory built in it. Uh, okay. She highly doubted that hay would have been as uncomfortable as the bed from the previous night. I'm thinking it's probably like a cot. You know, it's probably not a real bed. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Ooh. Maybe they're all those Casper mattresses that like inflate when you open them up. I bet that because they were in that little box. They were just magically squeezed even smaller. If you have a Casper mattress, right into the show, because they sound like they suck. I don't know. What, who wants to sleep on a big block of foam? That sounds like it's really going to be a piece of shit in like two years tops. You know what I mean? I got metal springs. It's nice. I don't know what's wrong with you people. She had toyed with the idea of staying in Henry's room, but they both agreed it would look very bad if caught. Oh, you naughty kids! <laughs> Margot stretched her sore body and yanked an outfit into existence from her private closet. She hadn't wanted to leave clothes she actually liked just laying around in the barn. She quickly realized the room had no mirror, and she grabbed a small one to place on her single table. Oof. 
Looking at herself, she quickly fixed her hair, adjusted her clothes, and left to find Henry. She figured there was no point in looking unkempt. Ooh, I like it when I use unkempt. <laughs> at the beginning of a relationship. Oh, she wants to look nice for him. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm going to say I like to look nice for the lovely Laura all the time. It's not just a thing when we were starting dating. Whatever. On further thought... She guessed Henry was too enamored to care anyways. She knocked on his door and he invited her inside. There was no other stirring in the barn, it seemed, and she again wondered who was running this show after all. I believe it's Carlos, Margot. It's Carlos. Where the hell is everyone? Henry asked as if reading her mind. What, what? In, they're not in your room? Is that a surprise, Henry? Jesus. I don't know, she said. Let's go outside and see if anyone is around. They left the barn, which rang with muffled snores ugh, throughout. It's gross. <laughs> and stepped into the early morning sun. Looking around, Margot saw one man sitting at the meeting area they had cobbled together the night before. They walked over and found the mage from the previous expedition. Who knows his name? I definitely don't. Uh, the pair joined him in front of the dead fire. He sat eating some bread and cheese that Margot guessed was from the supply tent. He nodded to them. Hi, Roy, right? Margot asked. He nodded again. I'm Margot and this is Henry. Henry reached out and shook his hand. Roy offered them some bread from the basket he had on the ground and both gladly accepted it. Is anyone else awake? Henry asked, looking around the farm. Again? Sorry. <laughs> I haven't seen anyone, Roy replied. Ugh. Did we bring up the name Roy last... I don't know. I, these names stink. I, they should have been more fantastical if it's a book about magic. Uh, yeah, well, here we are. Uh, Margot realized she... Uh, uh, Henry sighed in frustration and ate some bread. Margot realized that having Roy alone presented an opportunity. He had clearly been shaken up by something. Roy, what was it like in the village? Did you ever find anything? Roy stared straight ahead with glazed eyes. I can't explain it, he said. It was as if everyone in the village just instantly disappeared, he explained. We found some signs of running, like maybe they were trying to get away from something, but mostly, there was nothing. Like, life just ceased. Shopping bags in the middle of the street. <laughs> Do you think they outlawed plastic uh, shopping bags in the uh, world of magic? I'm going to say yes. Silverware on the tables and the floor. Wow. Okay, so this is going to be a typo. It says, shopping bags in the middle of the street, comma, silverware on tables and the floor, period. Half-eaten meals, period. I feel like that should have been another comma. Hmm. Every now and then, there was a sign of someone being surprised, but it was rare. The odd chair tipped over or tracks of someone fleeing. Margot thought this explanation could still be consistent with her theory that someone or group of someones was doing this horrible, quote, disappearing somehow. Ooh. <laughs> the obvious trick would be to figure out who was behind it, you think? God. But she figured that's why they were here. This book, they're like a side stink. Like they're supposed to be deep, but they're, they just stink. 
I feel like this wasn't a problem in bringing balance. This book is just worse. It's worse in every single way. <laughs> uh, she was, in fact, frightened of what their task might involve, but she was thankful she would be working with Henry. Oh, Roy, is there anything else you can tell us? She asked. We never found anything, he said. So many lost, too. Shaking his head, he picked at his bread. I wonder what kind of bread it is. Is it like dinner rolls? It was in a basket, I guess. I mean, I kind of would think they'd eat more loaves, but... Margot stood and grabbed Henry's arm. He subsequently rose, and she motioned for him to join her back near the barn. Wow. I'm a, I'm pretty sure Roy can see this aside that you're having while you, like, stare at him like, something's wrong with this guy. <laughs> Henry, this is bad, she said. I know, he said seriously. Are you sure we can figure this out? And do you think we should? She asked, looking into his eyes. Quickly, she added, I just want to know your answer. I'm not trying to influence you, okay? Henry ran his hand through his light, reddish-brown hair, which she found so playfully attractive. Ugh. <laughs> I don't think we have a choice, he answered. If we don't do something now, this could continue indefinitely. That's a lot of people since simply disappearing from existence. Margot smiled at the man in front of her, thinking that he was indeed the good-natured man she had hoped he was. Ugh, okay, I knew you'd say that, she said. Why don't we leave, just leave rather than waiting for these lazy people to wake up? Drinking break! Mm. Oh, it's so good. Mm. Mm. So... That part of the chapter was pretty dull. Okay, this is a real drinking break because we're going to advance quite a bit. Henry and Margot entered the deserted village less than 20 minutes after telling Roy they were leaving. The silence in the town disturbed Henry. Everything seemed to be in perfect condition, yet there were no people around that he could see. He found it far more disturbing than long abandoned than a long abandoned ghost town, right? Because uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like uh, you know, this one's freshly abandoned. So they had entered town on a dirt side street that joined the main thoroughfare a few blocks beyond the village's first outlying homes. Oh, I don't put any like directions on here. That's kind of a bummer. Did they approach from the south, <laughs> from a southerly direction? <laughs> Windows and doors to all the homes were open, but Henry saw nobody inside. He saw nothing remarkable about the street scene, although something seemed off. Suddenly, the problem with what he was seeing struck him. <laughs> Margot, he said quietly as he stopped walking, do you notice what's wrong? Ugh. <laughs> How deep do you think this is going to be? I think this is going to be, well, I already just read it, but spoiler alert, this isn't like a real interesting fact. She turned slowly around to face him, taking in the homes along the street. No, she admitted. All the front doors are open, Henry pointed out. Every single one. It's as, oh, typo. I closed the quotes, but he's still talking. It's as if someone, something went door to door collecting everyone, and then another closed quotes. Ooh, bad typo. Margot raised an eyebrow and surveyed the street again. True, she said thoughtfully. Grabbing his arm, she continued. Let's stay to the side of the road. I don't like being out in the open. <laughs> 
Can you disguise us a bit? Henry asked. Margot sighed. Don't you think I would have already thought of that? Henry stared at her blankly, and she smacked him on the arm. We're mildly hidden. Unless someone is looking for us, they probably won't notice us. Probably, Henry said, concerned. Leave that business to me, she said, patting his arm. We're fine, all right? Henry was mostly concerned for her safety. Okay. I, you know what? I'm, I sigh a lot because this is very, um, they're so, I don't know. It's, it's kind of sappy, but not in like a good way. It's just, it's exhausting. <laughs> yes, we get it. Henry likes Margot. Okay. And he's concerned for her safety. There's a real shock. Jesus. But uh, Margot's the same way. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> It's sappy, but not in a good way. You know what I mean? It's not like romantically sappy. Yeah, yeah all right. Okay, I, I gotta stop. I don't even think any of these things that I'm saying when I stop reading have any bearing or are interesting or funny. I'm just annoyed at this. I thought this chapter was going to be good. So far, not at all. <laughs> Henry was mostly concerned for her safety, but he was pretty sure that wasn't coming across properly. Sorry, I was just, he stammered, trying to think how to vocalize what he was actually thinking. He settled on, I trust you know what you're doing. I wasn't saying that. Relax, she interrupted. You're too nervous around me. Thought I made it clear I like you when I kissed you on multiple occasions. Henry laughed. Ah, mostly nervous that could end. Ha, that was a good joke, Henry. They walked towards the main road, but Henry stopped at the rear of a building that fronted the thoroughfare. Let's go through the back, he suggested, and Margot nodded in agreement. The pair squeezed through a gap between the building and its rear picket fence. Looking at the small garden behind the building, Henry guessed it was just a house. The pair crept up to the rear door, painted hunter green and contrasting with the white panel siding, and tried to pull it open. Did you like that setting? Woo! <laughs> it was locked, as Henry expected. Henry placed his right hand inches from the lock, and after some smoldering emerged from the keyhole, he pushed the door inward without any effort. Henry stepped inside a storage area, through which he could see a kitchen. Margot shut the door softly behind her and followed Henry into the house. It seemed as if someone had just stepped out of the kitchen for a moment, maybe to buy whiskey. Yeah, baby. Mm. I just felt like I'd been reading for a while. Okay. It's blip, blip. There was what appeared to be breakfast items, pancakes and bacon, left on the central work island of the pleasant little room. Oh, you know what? I bet that bacon's still good, too. Like, old bacon, that can be pretty good. You know, it can get a little soggy and stuff. Anybody who's been to a buffet knows what I'm talking about. It's good. Yeah, bacon's always good. Ooh, little known fact. Did you know you can eat bacon raw if it's cured bacon? Because it's cured. I didn't know that. I always, I was surprised when I read an article about that. It was very exciting. Um, Margot picked up a spoon on the floor. She walked around the island, carefully examining everything on it, like a kitchen island, not like an ocean island. Henry watched mostly Margot. Okay, he's creeping out again, admiring the care with which she examined the scene. 
He shook his head as he realized he was also admiring Margot for her beauty. It wasn't the time for that. It usually isn't, Henry. Jesus. <laughs> Margot stopped at a pitcher that lay on the floor. I think she was trying to run, Margot said. The pitcher was knocked off the island along with the spoon. She was trying to get to the back door. Why a she? Henry asked out of curiosity, because he's not a misogynist like Margot. There's a long hair on the island, so just a guess, she said, shrugging, which absolves her of misogyny. Henry bent over and squinted, finding a long brown hair resting next to a plate on the counter. Ugh, good thing that didn't end up in the pancake batter, am I right? He raised his eyebrows at Margot, again impressed with her detective skills. <laughs> While Margot squatted to study the floor for what Henry guessed would be scuff marks or or another dropped item, he studied the layout of the room. If Margot was right, someone may have ran into the room from deeper in the house, probably a dining room, through the entrance opposite where they had entered. That sentence stinks. <laughs> Henry wondered what the person was running from. Looking back towards the entrance, he saw a simple doorway framed in the same green paint which decorated the rear exterior door. That's smart. They're using the... Well, I don't know, though. That would have been using interior paint on an exterior door. I think that's frowned upon. I don't know if that works. Looking across the room, he saw another doorway, although no door, leading into the storage area, also framed in green. He looked back and forth a few times, and something struck him as odd, although he couldn't put his finger on what seemed slightly off. Let's look in the next room, Margot suggested. Henry followed her as she strode past him and through the doorway. The dining room, and indeed it was what Henry had guessed, was substantially more askew. Ooh, it's a fun word. Two chairs had been upended, and there was silverware on the floor. Margot started towards the table, but Henry stopped her. I don't think there's much question in this house. They all tried to run, he said. Margot looked around the room and agreed. Yeah, all right. They walked towards the front hall and the stairs, and Henry turned one last time to look at the room again while Margot started examining the hallway. Looking into the empty room, Henry had a feeling that he was missing something on a more macro level. <laughs> he looked at the table set for breakfast, the two overturned chairs, one at the far head of the table, the other fallen, against, fallen next to it against the far wall. The plain white walls were not particularly interesting until he noticed something. "'Margot!' he said urgently. <laughs> she rushed back in beside him. "'What?' she asked, looking around the room and back at him. "'Can the readers feel the excitement?' "'The walls!' Henry said. "'A bit drab,' she said, shrugging. "'Exactly. Especially near the chairs,' Henry said. "'I see shadows, that's all,' she said while squinting. Henry traversed the room to stand near the chair at the table's head that had fallen over. He pointed to a spot on the wall, far from the chair. Look at the wall right here, he explained. Pointing to a spot directly behind where the chair should be, in a line that intersected the chair's position and where Margot stood in the doorway, he instructed, Now look here. What the hell? 
pointing to a spot directly behind where the chair should be in a line that intersected the chair's position and where Margot stood in the doorway, he instructed, now look here. Wow. If anybody knows what the hell that means, write in. <laughs> Margot squinted at the two locations, frowning. It's just the light, she said. But it isn't the light, Henry countered. The sun is on the other side of the house. There's almost a circle that... Uh, there is almost a circle that's like a... Sh- a st- oh my god. All right. Some alliteration. There is almost a circle that's like a slight shadow behind each of them. Same in the kitchen. He stood waiting for her to see. Henry looked down at the table while Margot looked at the walls doubtfully. And he saw what he was looking for. Stay right there, he said, looking down at the table. Okay. Stay right there, he said, looking down at the table. The wood was discolored in two cone-like regions that seemed to run along the line from the doorway. I think that should be along the line from the doorway to the overturned chairs. <laughs> Look at the table. The wood is almost gray or dull. Margot walked to the table slowly and looked down at the discolorations. She ran her fingers along the surface and said, I see it. What would do this? Henry shook his head. I don't know. Drinking break! Mm. Do I have enough? You know, I'm going to say I don't. Let's pause while we refill. Okay, we're back. We have bourbon and we can keep trucking through this chapter. Margot carefully walked to the front door and cast a subtle spell so nobody could see inside. Once done, she peered into the streets seeing only the empty, open buildings. Looking down at the lock, she noticed a bit of red fabric stuck to a sharp metal edge on the latch itself. She was about to reach for the fabric when something struck her as odd about where it had caught. Instead, she reached for the door handle slowly. Ah, no, she reached for the door handle and slowly pushed the door closed. As the door reached the frame, though, the thick red fabric bunched and caught in between the door and the frame, making it so the door couldn't close. Henry, she called, come look at this. Henry walked into the room and, in alarm, he said, get away from the... His face changed and he corrected himself. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah, because Margo knows how to hide herself. You suck, dude. Let's see here. How many pages we got left? We can make this. All right. Margot laughed lightly. Yes, we're fine. Look at this fabric. Margot pointed to the latch. Henry went to reach for it, and Margot slapped his hand away. Not yet. Watch. She swung the door back towards the frame and demonstrated the door's inability to close. Hmm, Henry said with raised eyebrows. A lot of eyebrows in this chapter. <laughs> That's, that got stuck here when all of this happened. Margot nodded and yanked the rich plush fabric free. The material was bright red and thick, maybe wool, she thought, and it had an inner silk lining. It seemed to be relatively upscale for a farming village such as where they currently were. She handed it back to Henry and continued examining the area around the door. 
Ooh, is this foreshadowing? Can anybody guess who this belongs to? Like, group of people, maybe? All right. <laughs> Henry peeked out the door. Why don't we go next door? Oh, my God. Door, 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 door. <laughs> I think it's a tavern or restaurant or something. And they have a door next to the door by the door. Blah, blah, blah. Margot pushed him aside and conjured a copy of themselves walking out the door of the house. The shimmering versions of herself and Henry seemed to stabilize and head into the street. Turning back to Henry, she warned, Stay close. She cloaked them in a relatively weak spell. If they were going to do this every time they moved between houses, she would be exhausted quickly. She walked briskly, clinging to Henry's shirt with her right hand. She walked briskly, clinging to Henry's shirt with her right hand. Oh, okay. The pair walked up to a wooden plank front porch of the tavern and squeezed through the door. Once inside, Margot released both spells, and the image of the pair outside disappeared. Margot and Henry walked around the tables and chairs, looking for any signs or evidence of what had occurred. While Margot examined the area around the actual bar, Henry strolled to the far side of the room, where a piano stood. Oh, they have pianos. <laughs> Wait, uh, it's got to be upright. It's in a tavern, right? So this is like the Old West, I think. Yeah. At each table, she found evidence of surprise, but not struggle. Glasses were tipped over, and small items were dropped. Occasionally, a chair had been knocked on its side. Out of the corner of her eye, Margot saw movement on the street. Turning quickly, she saw two mages from their expedition walking down the center of the road. She couldn't remember their names. Turning, she walked towards the end of the bar, watching them from the windows. Margot froze suddenly as she heard a creak in the wood ceiling above her. She looked up nervously, listening for more, but she couldn't hear anything as Henry charged back across the tavern floor. The air was knocked from her as he wrapped his right arm around her waist without slowing and continued full speed to the open end of the bar, sliding to a stop, still holding Margot, now breathless, he ducked behind the bar and pushed her down in front of him. Quick, he whispered. We need us across the room. Margot nodded, closed her eyes, and conjured another image of them across the room without even looking. She pictured them both looking out the front window at the previously passing mages, and she felt the image of both shimmer into existence. On the floor, Henry crawled to an open area under the bar and sat, sat and motioned for Margot to hurry. See, this is getting exciting, right? They're hiding from someone. <laughs> uh, she huddled under the bar next to Henry almost silently. A quick hand wave to silence them, and Margot asked, What do you think is going on? Someone's upstairs, he answered. I'm sure of it. They moved when they saw the others outside. Do they know we're here? Probably. We weren't being particularly quiet. Margot sat listening, and she was sure Henry was doing the same. If someone knew they were both downstairs, they would probably come after them. She just hoped the illusion would work when trouble when the trouble started. I was going to say trouble arrived, but the trouble started, I guess. I don't know. Impromptu drinking break. <laughs> A moment late. Oh, that's why I did it this way. She ho All right, watch. 
She, <laughs> I make comments too quick when I read this. All right. She just hoped the illusion would work when the trouble started. A moment later, trouble arrived. Margot heard the door to the tavern kicked open again. Do you think the door to the tavern would be like those swingy double tavern doors? Which I have in my basement because I'm cool as hell. Yeah. Um, Margot heard the door to the tavern kicked open again, followed by running. She tried to change the image of her and Henry to a look of surprise. But before she could, the tavern was illuminated by bright blue light. Guessing it was the correct action, she made the illusion disappear instantly and the light extinguished suddenly as it had as suddenly as it had appeared. Another two said a man she couldn't see. They were pretty easy, a woman agreed. Sucked right in. Sometimes it's fast, said a second man. Above her on the second floor, Margot heard the brisk footsteps across the room. Heard, I am really making up words as I read this today. Sorry, people. Okay. Above her on the second floor, Margot heard brisk footsteps cross a room and move down a staircase. In the tavern, chairs scraped against the floor. She heard them... She heard from the stairs at the rear of the room another woman. Got him? Yeah, thanks for the tip, one man said. The woman on the stairs continued down onto the tavern floor and seemed to walk over to the others. Looking above her, Margot was thankful that they had found this little nook under the bar. She was pretty sure anyone on the stairs could see the floor behind the bar itself. How gross is a nook behind a bar? Ugh, ugh. Well, it might not be bad if they don't serve food, but they probably do serve a lot of stew here. Um, Margot heard another chair scrape and assumed it was the woman from upstairs sitting down. The group started discussing things. She looked at Henry beside her, but his eyes were closed in apparent concentration. Today might be busy. Yep, the expedition is here, and they want everyone collected. Ugh, everyone? Yep, and they want to make a statement quickly. How many have you seen today? There were those two, the two in the street, and I think Alistair... Alistair? Do you say Alistair? When it's Alistair? I think you do. Said there were another two he spotted. You know what? That's not a bad name for a world of magic. Yeah, Alistair, yeah. Henry tapped Margot on the forearm. She looked at him and could see the energy almost glowing in his eyes. Ooh. He pointed insistently at her and then insistently downward. He wanted her to stay down. She shook her head in disagreement, but Henry pointed again at the ground with a stern face. As she started to lodge a protest, Henry gracefully spun out from the nook under the bar on one foot. He seemed to rise as his left foot planted in front of her, and faster than the eye could fully see, he was standing at full height behind the bar in an instant. Before she, or anyone apparently, could react, Henry slashed his right arm in a semicircle in front of him, sending an arc of energy rushing forward. Margot heard crashing, smashing, and yells. Almost as quickly as he stood, Henry vaulted over the bar and was gone. Margot crawled from the nook and stood behind the bar. The tavern was in shambles. The entire floor was clear, except near the walls where Henry had apparently thrown everything. 
Amongst the rubble of tables and chairs were four people, two men and two women, lying and groaning. Henry rapidly closed the distance to them and picked up a a bulky object. It appeared to be a square box with some sort of strap and handle on top and an odd tube sticking out from one end. As he reached down to pick it up, one of the men on the floor tried to reach for it. Henry casually stepped on his hand, shaking a fingering, <laughs> shaking a fingering, and said, "No, no, no." Margot walked from behind the bar and into the middle of the room. Henry glanced at her, smiling. He then waved a finger at a relatively intact table and sent it flying behind him, landing upright. He did the same with two chairs. Without taking his eyes of the injured men and women, that's off. Man, there's so many typos in this chapter. (laughs) He backed up to the table, placed the odd box on it, and sat in one of the chairs. Margot joined him, impressed with what he had done, but keeping a calm and expressionless face. Sitting down at the table, she said, Very nice, out of the side of her mouth. Live studio audience just saw me do that. Thanks, he replied similarly. Oh, and that ends chapter 21. Well, finally, we have some fighting and excitement in this book. Ooh, wow. What a crazy chapter. Am I right? Um, I mean, I guess they've been thrust into this disappearing plot. It would have been nice if there was more action in this book. Maybe like this chapter has. How many times has anything happened in this book? Like, none. But, I, I, all right, all right. There was, like, the robbery that Henry thwarted. And then um, there was the kind of promise of some excitement with that talking cat. But that never came to fruition. And then this, I guess. what? And the mold. Can't forget that exciting chapter. So this book is pretty lean on that kind of stuff. I feel like Bring Balance, there was a lot of, like, getaways and fighting and excitement. And then this one... What, twice it happened? Ugh, I don't know. I don't know. Who do you think did more work in this chapter? Like, Margot kept hiding them all over the place. I think she she was doing the better job of it. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Henry only really did anything right at the end there when he attacked all those bad people. Ooh, who we don't know who they are yet. Very exciting, right? So this is what we got three chapters to go after this. I I don't know. This is not this is not like the best plot line. I feel like the plot really only started like last chapter. (laughs) It kind of (laughs) stinks. What are you going to do? I guess. Uh, What are you going to do? I don't have too much to say about this chapter. I actually had a lot of trouble trying to come up with discussion questions from it. Um. But uh, I don't know. Let's see how these go, huh? Okay, let's start for discussion questions. Question one. This is a good question, I think. Um, so Margot finds a hair on the kitchen island, right? And uh, that's how she thought it was a woman in the kitchen, I guess. All right, all right. So, and I commented, well, hope it doesn't get in the pancake batter, right? That would be bad. So my question is, what's worse? If you're eating somewhere that's not home, okay, because at home I think maybe it's not so bad with the hair. If you're eating somewhere that's not home, what's worse? Finding a hair in the food or like a bug 
where you can see it, like in a drink. Which one's worse? I kind of lean towards finding a hair in the food because that came from someone. That's, you know, at least a bug. I'm like, well, there's a bug. I guess, too, if it's in my drink, I probably haven't drank much of my drink yet, right? I probably am going to stop anyway. But if a hair in the food's always a shock. And that's like... Not even just a restaurant thing, like any potluck or you're at somebody else's house and it's their hair. Gross. (laughs) I'm going to say the hair is worse, but what are your comments? I mean, don't get me wrong, like a bug in the food. Like if you like move cheese off the top of something and there's a big fly dead, (laughs) that's pretty gross. But that's not what we're talking about, I don't think. Just finding a bug that lands in your food and now you're like, damn it, what am I going to do about this? Ah. Yeah, right in with your answer. Very exciting. It's only tangentially related to what we just read in the, oh my God, the most tangential of, it's not even touching. I don't know. It's it's barely out there. That's why I said I was having trouble with questions. Question two. So in their household, um, they were actually eating in their dining room. Question two, do you use your dining room? <laughs> we have a dining room here at my house, and um, no, the answer is no. We rarely eat in the dining room. I can't think of the last time we did. It's basically acts as like a hallway from the kitchen to the rest of the house, and that's about it. We have like a, you know, a kitchen table that we eat at, but the dining room's such a hassle. It's so formal, too. I don't know. We don't use it for uh, dining. No. I, we have when we've had company over, but pretty rare. Pretty rare when we have company over. Yeah, I don't have people over my house much. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. I don't know. I, I just want to know if other people use their dining room. I think a lot of new houses, maybe they don't have a dining room or it's not real, like, explicitly separated from a kitchen. You know what I mean? It's all kind of one room. Ours is a room room. Like, it is not, you know, it's connected via a doorway. So, yeah, I'm just curious. Just curious. I don't know many people who use dining rooms other than when it's like a, you know, an event. Like a holiday. Uh, yeah, yeah. We have all these. We actually have a, we have a set of, like, formal dinner plates that I don't think we've ever used. That are in our dining room. And we have a second set of regular everyday plates in there too. We have a lot of plates. We should really, you know, whittle this down. All right, all right. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Okay. All right. Question three. This is directly related. Okay. Who are the bad guys? Ooh, who do you think? There was a big clue in the chapter. I probably thought I was being clever with that, but that, uh, That red fabric stuck in the door was a clue. Hmm, who was it? All right, it's not a real hard guess because uh, it's not, this isn't inventive. (laughs) And if you've listened to the podcast when I did Bringing Balance, pretty easy to figure out who the bad guys are. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, but write in with who the bad guys are. Maybe... It's someone different, huh? Ooh. <laughs> We're not going to find out till next week. Or we might not, actually. I don't know. Does it... Let me see if it actually says explicitly who the bad guys are. Blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, wow. Not seeing it. Oh, maybe... Okay, yep, it it does say who the bad guys are. Very exciting. 
That seems like a plot point I might just not write in because <laughs> I'm lazy and dumb. <laughs> ah, well, all right. So, yeah, write in with your answers. I feel bad for these discussion questions. Not the best. Not the best. I don't know why I can't, I couldn't come up with anything for this chapter, even though this chapter wasn't bad, I guess. You know why? I think they didn't eat any meals, and that's usually what my questions focus on. So, Two of the questions still are about food somehow. <laughs> yep, 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 yeah. So, if you do want to write in with answers to these discussion questions, or to tell me about the novel you wrote in November, you can head over to jeffreadsbook.com. And right there, there's three ways to contact me. You can write in to my email, and that's at jba at sdf.org. Or you can hit me up on Mastodon in the Fediverse at jba at mastodon.sdf.org. Or if you're on Twitter like a normal person, well, uh, let me backtrack. If you're on Twitter like not so much of a dork as the Mastodon people, uh, you can hit me up at Fortran Jeff. I don't check Twitter that often, but I'm guessing nobody's writing to me. <laughs> I really should check, shouldn't I? Yeah, well, hopefully next week we have a little bit more feedback, but if we don't, that's okay, too, because I like doing this podcast regardless, yes. And write in, I just want to know you're listening, and we only have a little bit left before, you know, I'm going to take a little uh, sabbatical before we start the next book. Doesn't that sound like fun? Yeah, i got to edit the next book, too, and publish it, right? Oh, it's going to be bad. The next book, bad. And then the book after that hasn't been written yet, but it'll be bad too, I'm guessing. I don't know. Anywho, I think that's it for today. Uh, I did enjoy reading this chapter, though. I just didn't re really enjoy this, like, uh, after the book section for some reason. I feel a little lost with it today. I just said, uh, maybe it was because it was too straightforward and it didn't really focus on their little love affair and stuff like that. Don't worry, though, more of that coming up. And also, don't worry, there's no, like, sex scenes. I didn't write any of those, because that would be bad. <laughs> Anywho, I guess that wraps up our little episode this week. So, until next time, keep on reading! Keep on reading!